Welcome to episode 91 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Hey guys, my first ever paperback book, which is also available on Kindle, Your Mind Builds Your Body, is now available from Amazon. Now this book is an exercise and lifestyle book for anyone who wants a definitive and sustainable plan to transform their body and mindset. It takes you through my childhood upbringing so you can get an insight on where I came from. It also gives you all the methods which I have learned over the accumulative years, which has helped me sustain a healthy, strong, lean physique with the biohacks I recommend for longevity. The building block of the body is not just amino acids, it's the mind. This is my version of a complete guide to unlocking your true potential and working towards greatness. Visit Amazon and search Your Mind Builds Your Body and order today. Now, most of us love carbohydrates, but what we don't like is when carbohydrates decide to stick to us and turn to fat. Restriction diets are no fun and the crash you feel after a heavy car binge leaves you feeling like trash. Check out Keon Lean. It's a natural supplement that helps support glucose metabolism and healthy blood sugar levels, allowing you to indulge a little without the stress of a crash and fat gain. Again, check out Keon Lean by visiting www.getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes and use coupon code SNIPES20 for 20% off. Yo, what's going on peeps? Hope all is great. And today I am speaking with co-founder of Keon, Keon Supplements. Uh, before I get into that, I just want to say that... Um, I don't know if you watch the football, but I don't even watch football. But I'm just I'm just gonna throw it in there that you know, obviously, as you guys know, I'm from UK and England reached the final, and I'm like I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> I think the last time England won was back in 1966. This is this is what I've heard from many people uh when England won the Euro. Um, so, and I think what's, what I've heard has happened is there's been a couple of, um, fights going on, you know, like people getting beaten up, stabbed and all sorts of madness. And I think this is like the typical mentality of Brits when it comes to football. And one of the reasons I don't watch football most of the time, because it always ends up in an argument. I don't know how it is around the world, but with UK or English people, they take their football very seriously. It is like another religion here. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know what? They've reached a final. I think I might just watch this. And I think there was about half an hour remaining of the footy. And I just thought, do you know what? This is boring. Went to bed, woke up, saw the results. And was like, oh, <laughs> oh well, oh, well, maybe another time. Um, what else? Sun in UK is uh, currently on holiday. <laughs> I think the sun has gone to get some sun. So it is 
summer, but we've experienced more rain than sun during this summer. Hopefully, we might get some late part of July and maybe August. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know how it is around the world, but uh, in UK, we do get quite a lot of rain. <laughs> like, during all seasons. It doesn't matter what season it is, you're going to experience rain. <laughs> all right, so back to the guest. The guest today it goes by the name of Angelo, who is the co-founder and CEO of Keon. Um, we had a cool chat. Most people know the uh, the other co-founder of Keon, which is Ben Greenfield, who is, you know, like proper fitness guru, biohacker, has his own amazing podcast. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the other partner, or almost like silent partner, Angelo Keeley, is not really spoken about. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go against the grain here, be a little bit unorthodox and speak to the guy that maybe is not the person on everybody's podcast, but has some very interesting backstory, which I feel should be shared. Uh, he has a very active lifestyle, um, which links to his uh, active life lifestyle supplements Um and basically functional food company, which is dedicated to helping people fully experience a joyful, active life by providing pure energy enhancing solutions. Well, that's about Keon. As I said, the podcast itself is kind of discusses about the birth of Keon, but like who is one of the main guys who's behind it? Like who is he? What are his personal interests? What got him into fitness? And what else does he do besides Keon? But, you know, everybody likes to know how a person becomes the person that they are. Like, what, 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 what makes him tick? So we look into how he runs a business um, whilst being a, a family man his own current exercise routines, you know, um, and it's cool, you know, to just to understand or how, how does it work for him? And you see, these kind of things are really important because I want to know that the person who is behind the company is actually into fitness themselves, like so much into fitness. It's like almost to the point where some people will think it is... Uh, a bit obsessive like wow that's how much you love fitness that that's the sort of thing i want to see not just like oh you know if i um if i if i get a moment then um, i'll think about it you know <laughs> you know i'm not really looking for that and he definitely ticks a lot of boxes in in terms of his foundation of health and fitness and you know his family background as well um we look into just things like overcoming obstacles. How do you overcome obstacles and be resilient during tough times? You know, he's a he's a business entrepreneur and obviously he's got a family and, and things like that. So these are everyday questions which people would love to know. But we really do get to know him personally and it's truly fantastic. Anyhow, without further ado, 
Let's bring on Angelo Keely. So, Angelo, how you doing, my friend? I'm great, Roger. It's good to be here, man. Oh, it's amazing to have you, my friend. Amazing. I mean, we've been talking for a little while now, and this has been meaning to happen, and um, there's been a few delays on both sides. I know you've been busy, I've been busy, but we are here. We are here. I'm grateful and, uh, for it, man. Oh, all good, man. All good. What part of the world are you in right now? I'm in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Uh, what is, what the, is, yeah, what is it renowned for? I don't, I don't really know. What is Boulder renowned for? I, it's basically renowned for being like the healthiest city in America. Okay. I would say it's the simplest way of, of saying it. It's, uh, it's right on the foothills. So it's on the front range of the Rocky Mountains. It's near Denver. It's a college town. Um, but it's full of uh, athletes, basically. Right, right. It's, very, okay. it's a very healthy place. That's beautiful, man. Wow. Yeah, man. Nice. And you, um, you lived in Texas before, is that right? Is it yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in Texas. Born and raised. Okay. Yeah. I had a little stint between Texas and here overseas, but um, most of my life in Texas. Okay, nice. So we're here today to talk about yourself and Keon. Keon. Uh, so you're the co-founder of Keon Supplements alongside fitness powerhouse Ben Greenfield. That's correct, man. <laughs> well, before we get into Keon itself, I, I want to know more about a bit more about you personally. I think a lot of people know about Ben Greenfield, um, you know, with his books. I think I've got a couple of his books, which I still ain't gone all the way through because they're just like next level detail. You know, they're you like textbooks. To... Yeah. When ben, yeah. when ben first showed me like his idea for the manuscript for Boundless, I was like, dude, are you sure this is this like... It was like, I think it was 1,200 pages then. It got cut down to like 650. I think he mentioned, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're good. They're reference materials. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, judging by your American accent, um, I would have thought that you're 100% American. But I don't know, like your name, Angelo, is Italian. So do you have yeah. any it Italian in the family or was it a choice of like, do you know, we like this name. We're going to call him Angelo. Was it, was that, was that with your parents? It's exactly that. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was really my dad. My dad grew up on the East coast of the United States with a lot of Italian kids and he, oh. he loved that name. Okay. So right. That's, that's really it. It's funny. You know, I've gone to name my kids. I, I gave my daughter a French name and my son a Spanish name. So okay. I guess, I guess that's just, Maybe that's the trend in the family to name our to name our kids from other cultures. <laughs> nice, because uh, my daughter her mi her middle name is uh, Angel, and oh, really? uh, yeah, and uh, Angelo is like the male version of that. So in uh, Arabic and Hebrew, it actually means messenger of God. So that. that's, that's, yeah, that's what your name means, bro. It's, it's a I big know, deal. <laughs> um, I was looking at your bio and it, 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 it had a few things on there, which I wanted to discuss. And one of them was a word, which I don't even know if I've seen before, uh, polyglot, polyglot, which is, I had to Google search it. 
and yeah. it's it, it uh yeah not gonna lie I had to google search it and it means like um knowing or using several languages mm -hmm. that is correct well why didn't it say multilingual i mean most people use the term multilingual i mean is is there another reason why that it was written that way no i think it was just written for that's like the the shortest word for saying but it could be multilingual it's the oh, same okay. thing Doesn't so what, what languages do you speak i speak french and spanish pretty well but i've studied classical greek arabic hindi canada another indian indian language i lived in india for a while i lived in france for a few years okay i've done an extensive time in central america so that's cool man but all as an adult I didn't really discover that until I was probably 20. Mm. That's pretty amazing. Um, like languages, they say it's good to learn at an early age, you know, and then it just becomes super easy from there. I've done a genetics test, which actually said that apparently I'm good at languages. I speak English and that is where it stops. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to look at that test again. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. I think I think fitness and languages are actually similar in that way that if you if you get taught the practices that support you in developing a fitness practice when you're younger, then it's easier to maintain when you're older. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't start when you're older. And True. it really comes down to like mindset and emotions. The reason why kids can learn languages earlier, there are some like oral opportunities the fact that their brain can hear sounds but really they're just more emotionally open to it you know if you're i don't know if you're 30 years old you don't really want to uh sound like a two-year-old trying to speak another language whereas if you're two you don't really notice you don't care right it's the same thing it's like if you're i don't know you know 60 pounds overweight and not into training and then you try to go to a gym it's hard it's kind of it's not fun, right? It's, it's kind of embarrassing at first, the same way. I think that's it. You're mainly focusing on what other people think of you doing it as opposed to just doing it. Exactly. See, a lot of the time it's like that, right? You've got people who they will not go to a gym. It's not that they physically can't do it, but they're more concerned about other people, what they will say. And it's quite interesting because it's like, okay, you go to the gym to get in shape, uh, but they think you need to look a certain way to be there, oh, I can't go in the gym. I need to look a certain way first. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's how you, you, <laughs> That's how you, you never get, get there. that way when you go <laughs> exactly. to the gym, you know? But they don't seem to see, uh, you know, the beginning stages, what, what people had to go through first in order to get to look that way, isn't it? Totally, man. Um, you know, I've been, I, I told you recently when we talked that I've been, I've been reading your book. I read rather slowly. I read like 10 books at a time. And so right. I read. You know, I don't know, it takes me like a few weeks to read a book. But, you know, on that theme, like, I feel like so much of what you speak to is it's, it's more about the mindset. It's more about seeing yourself in this like long term progression, mm -hmm. seeing, seeing yourself in an upward spiral, you know, like continually working it. And I think when people initially start anything, they just want to like get there. They just want to, they, they see progression as some kind of linear development. And it's just, yeah. it's not. It's not linear. It's cyclical. It's like you got to just keep working it and working it and working it. And uh, mm. so it's quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. You won't be there the first day you go to the gym. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people need reminders of that. Um, and I do question where it all starts from. I think it's probably a teaching culture at school that 
for some reason, maybe people expect it to be fast. If you just understand what to do logically, that from there you're supposed to automatically jump into, I don't know, transformation immediately. But um, you're also a uh, a world class beatboxer. Did I read that correctly in your bio? Yeah, man, that's correct. Wow, a beatboxer, really? Um, uh, I mean, welcome. Welcome to the Roger Snipes podcast. Oh, God. Wow. What? I, I don't know what to say, man. That's incredible, man. Oh, my God. That's incredible. How long have you been doing that for? And what got you into that? How did you realize, man, so many questions about that? How, yeah, how did you discover that you could do these kind of vocal things with your voice, your mouth and that to realize that beatboxing was your thing? I mean, I was always, how do I say this? I was raised by pretty like free hippie parents. All right. I, did, I didn't go to school till I was like seven. And so I spent a lot of time outdoors playing, running around like, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't have like normal toys. The one toy they gave me was like this little, uh, remember those old Fisher Price, uh, almost like karaoke cassette tape things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I had one of those. And so I would just go and I'd like be singing and making noises. And actually my parents, they got me this, uh, they got me like this Bobby McFerrin video when I was a kid, you know, the guy who like, he, he plays on himself and sings. He's a super talented, uh, he, he did don't worry, be happy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I like, I heard that song when I was a little kid and I, and I just loved it. But you know, then uh, my kids put, my parents put me into drum lessons and I started learning instruments. And then really is when I got to high school and I started getting into like hip hop music, being at parties and uh, wanting to be able to like rap and wanting to be able to be loud enough when other people were rapping to like make the noise come out of my mouth. And I just started doing it. And then I started getting gigs for it. Like I started, I got like a Chili's commercial and a, uh, these are like American brands, but like some American brands, I started getting work for it. So I just kept doing it, but I, I haven't really progressed in probably 20 years. Like my, my skill set now is really what it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> did you ever used to do busking on the street or anything like that? Or did you do like beatbox battles and stuff? Not so much busking. I mean, I got, I got commercial work and then I performed mm. like, uh, I emancipated myself when I was 17. So I started supporting myself when I was 17 in right. America. And um, with that, one of the main ways I did it was playing music. So I was a drummer in bands and I did beatbox work. And so it was more like in that kind of context, trying to hustle to make like real money to yeah. pay for my apartment. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. I always wished I could beatbox. I could do like a basic... <laughs> Good, <laughs> but um and i used to play drums at school as well oh, really yeah cool. yeah. Cool. um yeah i used to play drums um and i was okay i was pretty good i ended up buying myself a, a drum kit when i was in my early 20s but i lived in flats so i'd get complaints by the neighbors and then i end up selling it and i and then after that i yeah i just i guess 
I always thought to myself, oh, I love the drums, you know, I love the beat and everything. And it was quite therapeutic for me. Um, but it's one of those when you don't practice, sometimes it, you kind of feel it in your heart that you want to do it. But life just says, look, man, you've got important things to do. You ain't got time for that right now. So, uh, yeah, it just slowly withered away. You man, know? you should get yourself a drum kit. Yeah, they, they got electrical <laughs> ones now, right? Yeah, they got electric ones, man. No, it doesn't even have to bother the neighbors. You can yeah. play five, ten minutes a day. It's good. It's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all I use it. That's what I do with it now, or I play with my kids. Oh, awesome. Have you got a proper percussion set, or do you have an electric set? Yeah, we have like a whole kind of, we have like a, we have like our music gym room is kind of like the same room. So we actually have like an adult drum kit, kids' drum kit, piano, guitars. Oh, wow. Like our gym equipment. So we, it's how like much piece? Room. How much piece set have you got? You got a five piece, six, seven piece. Uh, it's a it's a four piece. A four piece, yeah. yeah. Okay. All I right. don't need that big. I mean, it's yeah. just for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember all the pieces. So you got the the tom toms, the floor tom, bass, hi hat. Um, so have you got like a ride symbol and a crash symbol, or have you just got? I have like... a I have a ride and a hi hat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's cool enough. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's fun man it's good yeah yeah i i gravitate to seriously man you don't need to go crazy and be like all rock bandish you can just find a simple jazz uh riff and just yeah man just mellow mellow play with it ah okay oh just brought me back to childhood there man thanks a lot so welcome, um, man. i love it i love that you're a drummer too that makes sense oh man um so you grew up on lots of organic uh like a kind of organic regenerative agricultural lifestyle sort of thing is that right i mean my parents were really health entrepreneurs my dad was uh in the 70s like early in the ginseng business in america as an importer and then he had a botanical herb distribution company mm. so basically selling ingredients um like turmeric chamomile things like that to other types of supplement companies or to um yeah sometimes like as the finished product itself and then my parents had a health food store so i was kind of i was brought up in that that environment and uh you know naturopathic doctors uh, i don't think i i don't think i saw a doctor till i was like seven i didn't have a oh. birth certificate i didn't they didn't give me a birth certificate till i went to to school and i had to get one oh, really I home yeah i was born at home so super uh Pretty, pretty hippie health nut kind of environment. Yet also like pretty, pretty fitness oriented. My mom, my mom had been a competitive swimmer. So she was super into like master swimming mm. when I was a little kid. And we were really, I mean, we went to the gym. Like they would literally take me to the gym with them every day. So mm. I, I, that was kind of like our, uh, our community, like our community club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome, man. It was a super... That's so cool. Super positive foundation for the rest of my life. What was the holidays like? Did you do any, I don't know, hiking on holidays and stuff or I don't know, scuba diving or anything? Or are they just like your typical holidays like everyone else? Nah, we didn't really do like they weren't super. We didn't really do. Um, how, how you, yeah, like vacations like that. If we did vacations, it was to go visit family. Oh, right. I, That's nice. Because yeah. I was raised in Austin and they were both from, my mom was from Colorado. And my dad was from uh, the East Coast. So. Right, right. 
go visit family basically that's lovely man i like that i like that like with my fitness it was um i don't know it was i just loved fit fitness myself just had a just a passion for it it wasn't because my dad was in it or anything i just naturally gravitated to it and it was kind of like a poverty lifestyle i lived so i knew that i wanted to eat healthier stuff if i wanted to get a healthy body and look a certain way i just looked at it through magazines so it was a bit different it was a bit different i feel um, like that's a more common path though actually for people that find themselves in fitness health professionally later in life it's like because there was a a deficit of it or not as much opportunity as, or encouragement then it became an area where you became more passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Funny. I kind of I kind of I think only because later in my life like in early adulthood I had more problems where I had to I rediscovered it on my own. Like mm. it became my own that it that it became so much a part of my life. Whereas like if I if I hadn't gone through trouble or struggle later then yeah it might it might not have you know i might not have ended up starting a supplement company you know or it being such a big part of my life because i i think that going through like having to choose it it not just being something that's just like given to you is what then makes it what creates more of that like actual inner drive and passion for it versus yeah. you know just it being something you take for granted oh absolutely absolutely uh, my sister, she worked in a leisure center and um, she said to me, I can, I, can get you, I can get you a pass on the system. I could say that you're a member here. Just use, just use the membership. And I was like, oh my God, seriously? Thank you so much. And that to me was like, that was like my passport for life. You know, the moment I was given this, I was going to the gym all the time. I was there like three hours a day. Well, when I was 16, uh -huh. yeah, I was 16 years old. Uh, so I was going to the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, you know, trying to, I was holding the magazines and just trying to watch the instructions on magazines, watching other people, but I would just live in the gym. I was like, oh, I love this place. I don't ever want to leave. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. It was just the shit I so appreciated that I had the opportunity to, to train in a gym. Um, when I couldn't afford a membership. Um, yeah, my sister managed to get me in there on the sly. <laughs> so you'd mentioned about, you know, it's not until like, I don't know, like uh, something, un if, unless it's unfortunate or something you don't appreciate. And I wanted to talk about, you had some something that happened in your life. I, I know that not everything was flowers and unicorns, uh, but you did have a, a near-death experience when you were 16 or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I so mean, I think... What happened there? Yes, I mean, as I was saying earlier, like, my childhood was pretty was pretty sweet. And, that, like, it was, it was supportive and healthy and stuff. And as I got older, though, like, family life started to get more complicated. My parents ended up getting divorced and they had business, like, they got into business problems. And I think really even their focus on health started to go away you know i think right it's a common thing people start hitting middle age and they, and they kind of forget maybe like what was most important 
And in all that too, you know, I'm, I'm hitting high school and I just started getting into a lot of trouble, like a lot of trouble, like getting kicked out of school, getting arrested, like just, just problems. Um, and then one time I, uh, I took way too much LSD acid and, uh, totally freaked out. Um, I've never been in a fight in my life. Like I'm not a violent person provoked the fight with people that were much more hardcore than me. They stabbed me twice in the back, in the knee, nearly beat me to death, left me like to die basically in this gutter. And, um, you know, I woke up a few days later, uh, in a hospital bed, bedridden for a long time, obviously very traumatic. You know, that alone is a, I think a PTSD worthy experience, but yeah. combined with it being in the middle of, you know, um, a bad hallucinogenic trip, it's, it's pretty deep. And from there, you know, I think that really, those are those moments where either it's like, you either go way down, it becomes a downward spiral, you go down the wormhole, or you find some way to kind of have that start to become a, a stepping stone towards growth. And I was really lucky I did I, I, I got I had exposure to people that cared about me, I had exposure to um, ideas, a more growth mindset ideas, I, I got exposed to these ideas of like creative visualization of visualizing what I wanted my life in the future to be like. And from that, I began to um, imagine myself being much healthier and not being so kind of immersed in what other people thought, yeah. immersed in my social group, immersed in like what was cool, and really like, what do I want? And from that, it really led me to like my own health journey. It led to um, not just eating organic foods or whatever, because it's what my parents did, but researching nutrition on my own. What should I eat today to make myself feel great? And researching fitness training and researching, um, really beginning a whole journey, I, I would say, of um, personal development from many different traditions. I got really into yoga, into breath work into cold and heat exposure. Uh, I started um, saving up my money to go to acupuncture. Um, Sorry, is this all around 16 or a little bit later? Uh, well, I'd say, so this happened when I was 16 and a half. Mm -hmm. I mean, that next half a year was pretty, pretty messy. I mean, I started going to therapy. But then I, uh, I like I said, at 17, I emancipated myself and moved out. I started supporting myself. So I was, I was working really hard to pay for myself as well. Mm. And um, yeah, man, it, it was 17, really. 17 is when it started. Mm. And then it evolved over the next few years. I mean, uh, again, I had, the, I had luckily was I was coming from, from a family and from an environment that was not, um, we were by no means like rich. But in Austin, Texas, Austin, Texas is another very health focused community. My parents are kind of from this hippie environment. Like I, I had access to and was exposed to these different types of health ideas. They weren't, um, I don't know, you know, it's not like I'm in the middle of some rural place in America, you know, mm -hmm. so I had access and yeah, man, I just, I just soaked it up, you know, and, um, I just dove really dive and dove really deep into all those modalities into my own research around it. Um, I suddenly became really motivated to go to college. Uh, whereas I'd always been a smart kid and good at school, but like in high school, obviously when I'm getting in trouble like that, I'm not thinking in that way. Mm -hmm. So suddenly college became like my passion and 
wanting to go to college and wanting to study and wanting to learn. And I actually ended up doing, um, I took a bunch of health classes there, but I actually ended up studying religious studies and philosophy. And it was more of like, uh, man, just trying to understand what life is about. Yeah. And, um, you know, more than anything, and this kind of ties into like, I think later on, like trying to understand the theme of how I ended up in the supplement company, obviously like with my family background, it makes sense. But really I was always this kid with like tons of energy, tons, you know, that was spilling out into everything. I mean, like spilling out into beatboxing, right? I mean, like <laughs> some people beatbox, but you listen to like how loud it is. It's like, I'm just like, God, like charged. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know how to manage it. So it would be, it would be like, you know, big ups and big downs, you know, already you hear in the story. I mean, who else gets stabbed on acid? Like that's about <laughs> as, that's like <laughs> as crazy or manic an experience as you can get. And like, that was my life. It was just this supercharged energy kind of spilling out. And, um, you know, I really, I, I sought to know how, to maintain it, like to, to get to experience this life that was supercharged, but that was stable, that was more smooth, that was, um, that enabled me to experience everything I wanted to experience, but without like uh, destructive peaks. Yeah. And yeah, so I just, you know, it really became my personal mission to figure out how to harness and hone and stabilize that energy so that I could pursue everything I wanted to do. And man, it just like, you know, it turned into, I ended up being the valedictorian in my college. Um, I what, sorry? Valedictorian in the US. I was the top student at my university okay. when I graduated. And, uh, you know, I ended up realizing like, man, I ended up taking like six classes at a time. You know, I realized I could, uh, man, I could learn a language as a young adult, you know, so I became fluent in French and Spanish and I started traveling. I went to India to do advanced yoga training. Um, I, it just, once I learned that the energy that was inside me could be harnessed and could be channeled into more productive things um, through having a vision for my life and then through understanding the things that worked for me it changed it changed everything mm. so. so quickly how long was you in india for and like when you decided to do advanced yoga uh -huh. was that for just like your own personal development or did you was there another reason behind it what, yeah what was the reason yeah i mean well i've been to india four times right the first time was when i was uh 21 mm. but um so the first time I went to India, it was for like two and a half months. One month was to live and volunteer at an orphanage in Southern India and just like have the experience of working with and supporting people that were in a really different life experience than me. And then the second half of the trip was to study yoga at this ashram. And that advanced study was, it was really just for myself. It was technically an advanced teacher training program, but I wasn't trying to teach I mean, I wasn't trying to become like a yoga teacher. It was, it was to do my own more deep, serious, advanced study. And um, yeah. that actually was in, you know, this gives another, not to go on and on about like traumas, but. <laughs> no, no. But, but when, no. I was, when I was at that ashram in India, I, I had a really unique opportunity to go visit some friends in a more northern village in the, in the Himalayas. 
and I was in a bus there and my bus and another bus collided on the cliff and the other bus went off the cliff and there was no one around to, you know, climb down a cliff. And there were very few able-bodied, you know, young men that would, that, that were there. So the few of us that were, we climbed down this cliff. We spent the whole day basically rescuing, trying to rescue people. And it was, um, 26 people died. It was pretty, it was a, it was a gruesome, intense experience. And again, from that op, from that experience though, um, I feel like it, it, it gave me, um, you know, the previous experience was like this self-provoked, yeah. you know, uh, near death experience where I brought this craziness to me and then had to see what it meant. And in this case, it was like, man, you can just be in life and random bad stuff can happen. And like serious, like you can die at any moment. And what will you do with that? Like with that experience of knowing that you can die at any moment or people around you can die at any moment, how will you live your life, Angelo? And that super changed, I think, the rest of my life, that 21. And, um, you know, from that, I ended up actually coming back. I started a program to, for people from my university to run a summer camp for kids at the orphanage. So I came back two years later. I guess I was 20 when I went to India. So I came back two years later at 22 to run that summer camp for the kids. And then I came back again later for business. I ended up living in France for a few years after that. And I was working with Apple in France and Apple, France ran Apple India. So I did some business in India. And then I ended up moving to India when I was 26 and I lived there for a year and a half. So there's a lot, there's a lot of India in my life. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's incredible, man. That is really incredible. Like, again the near-death experience and not to be honest with you many of us are not lucky enough to have that you know I see it as lucky you know when we have these traumatic experiences it really is a real shake up a real wake-up call a real a real shake which many of us need there's an old expression when uh, when God has a gift for you, he wraps it up in problems. And that's always stuck to me. And I always found that fascinating because when things happen, I'm like, there's something good waiting. <laughs> there's something good waiting for me. It's all right. It's all right. This is feeling stressful right now, but it's okay. And then I start thinking about, all right, what things can I use to help me to feel resilient through this moment? and just understand that I'm still alive. And that's the main thing, I'm still alive. So just appreciate that and go through this motion because you're gonna come out the other side. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for sharing that story, man. That was that was incredible. So um, <clears throat> we now have, uh, let's, let's talk about Keon. Let's fast forward to today. Um, uh-huh. We have uh, Keon, which is a supplement and a functional food company, which is renowned for its efficacy and and high quality, um, which I guess is the main reason why people use Keon. Um, how did it all start? Like, what's what's the story behind this amazing brand? <laughs> Totally, man. You know, I think there's, 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 you know, there's many stories because there were, um, 
well, primarily there were Ben and I involved at the very beginning, but then there's been so many other people that have been part of building it. Right. So, you know, I guess from my own personal story and then kind of how that then I think meets Ben's story from the very beginning was, like I said, I was raised by these parents where supplements and natural foods and quality was really the most important thing. You know, if there were, it was that in family, like that, that was, um, we, we, we had God, but it was almost like natural food was, was like the highest order in a way, in terms of what we talked about most. Yeah. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, aminos were probably the most important, the thing I remember most as a kid. Uh, I remember like my mom taking me to uh, the gym and she would, she would always take aminos before she'd go do her swim and she'd give them to me as well. And then she'd go to her swim and she'd give them to me afterwards. And I remember her telling me like, can't you feel it, Angie? Like, isn't it amazing? Like how good it feels. Um, and I don't, you know, I, it's hard to know now because it's like, it was put into me at such a young age, but I still have that experience. Man. How it's old, like, how old was you at that point when you first? Three, four years old. These are like my earliest memories. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Cool. Literally like my earliest memories are, are at, yeah, going, you know, going to the gym and, uh, I would go to daycare. Uh, but then after daycare, I could also go to like the swimming pool and swim in the gym. It was like, it was a more family inclusive type gym. It wasn't like, just like kind of bro workout type place. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. So like from the very earliest age, I remember that. Um, and similarly too, it's like, my parents like loved coffee. Uh, and I only mention these two cause like these are our like, kind of like our two biggest skews. Like my parents love coffee, super committed to organic. I remember like making coffee with my mom, like helping her make it for her uh, mm. before she'd go work out as well. Uh, mm. So man, it's just kind of like those, those things I think are unconsciously just like cooked into me. And then my own journey as, as we were describing earlier, kind of took me through this whole personal development path. I developed a career where I ended up working overseas in France for a few years and then India. I ended up wanting to start a family, move back to the States. And I, uh, I ran and built a behavioral healthcare company for a few years that basically focused on supporting young adults with um, young adults that had struggled with stuff similar to me. Either they had like a drug problem or they got into trouble with the law um, or had other types of process addictions, basically mm -hmm. supporting them with nutrition, fitness, vocational coaching, integrative psychiatry, if necessary, supplements uh, to help them, uh, you know, really, again, kind of find, find, find themselves and find, again, like their own inner source of their energy inside and their ability to be healthy, uh, which I loved. I was passionate about that. I did it for a few years. It was kind of time to leave. And I did not know what was next. I really did not know what was next. I, I quit that and I just put feelers out. And within like two weeks of putting feelers, out, I, I knew I wanted to start something. I knew I wanted to start a new company and I put feelers out. And within two weeks, I got this uh, intro from someone who said, Hey man, there's this guy, Ben Greenfield, who I think you guys would like really connect and you would really compliment each other. I really want to introduce you. And he has some ideas for things he wants to do. So I had never even heard of Ben before. Um, you know, I came more from, a, uh, I guess just like a natural health perspective and more of like a multicultural health perspective. Like I got exposed to cold therapy and heat therapy and breath work and all that stuff, but more almost from like a multicultural 
influence, you know, like studying yoga. I wasn't yeah. into like biohacking, yeah. um, but I was into all the same kinds of stuff. Maybe I wasn't doing like juve red light therapy. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, so I got introduced to, uh, to Ben. This is the end of 2016. And I flew up there for us to go like hang out at his house. I think it was, it was like January 3rd or something, 2017. Okay. And um, we, you know, he, he had, he actually had the name of Keon already. He's like, man, I want to do like this supplement company. I think it'd be really awesome. And um, we launched the company, I don't know, eight weeks later, like we actually created the entity right later and we just started working on it and we launched the brand in october of 2017 and we've just been you know full speed since then and man it's been an awesome it's been an awesome journey and ben is an awesome partner and friend and um man just wow. like totally different kind of influence on my life no doubt man no doubt so the name keon what, what, what does it mean? It's a very different kind of name. So it comes from the root of the word ki, which uh, anyone who studied, you know, Japanese martial arts would be familiar with Aikido. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll, you'll find it all throughout Japanese culture. It's funny, even just recently, my daughter, who's, uh, she turned six on Tuesday, just started violin using the Suzuki method, uh, which mm -hmm. is a method for teaching children uh, music. And so it's really kind of a, it's a widespread theme throughout Japanese culture, but it's, it, it's related to the word chi in Chinese. Um, and you can find parallels to it in other cultures, prana um, in, in Indian culture, as well as like a, a general sense of, of life force, a general sense of mm. energy. Now there's, there's really distinct meaning within uh, Japanese culture itself, but we really took it as an inspiration of this idea of the internal inner energy that is inside each of us mm. that when understood, harnessed and activated allows one to actually manifest this most beautiful life, to be truly active, to be truly joyful. And we wanted to build a supplement and food company, a company where you're taking things and putting them inside your body that was based on the foundational idea, not of, oh, you're going to take this thing and then you're going to be perfect. Or you're going to take this thing and then you're going to get this immediate result. You're going to take this thing and everything is going to be okay. No, you take this product. I take aminos, you know, and I take all of our products, but I take aminos every day because not because it's going to give me this perfect end result, but because it actually nurtures me in ultimately um, harnessing my own internal energy. Mm and manifesting my life from there yeah so that's that's the heart of the idea okay right right okay so it kind of works synergistically um um i'm just trying to rephrase or paraphrase what you said so um it kind of brings the best from from within you're saying kind of thing yeah, I'd say it brings the best from within. I mean, I, th I think it works like this. Um, we, we all are manifestations of this life force. And inside of us is it. Inside of us is key. Inside of us is this energy. Yeah. And when we choose to do things in life, whether it's behavioral, like I choose to go to the gym, um, or I choose to hang out with friends, um, or I choose to put a product inside of my body, 
it either helps me to have better energy to do more with my life or it doesn't. And um, so every single product that we formulate and that we think through fundamentally needs to serve that purpose. It needs to serve the purpose of, of the greater human being that's taking that product and how they can ultimately be active and happy for more of their life. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Makes total sense. And that's something that I talk about a lot in all fairness. You know, people want to take supplements. They're like, what supplement will make me do this? And I'm like, no, you you need to already be doing that. (laughs) You know, Um, you know, people want to be, I don't know, put on weight or lose weight. It's like, okay, you should be on the verge of doing that with the right nutrition um, and the right mindset. Uh, I think we spoke already about, you know, how mindset is kind of, it's kind of like the, 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 the start of everything really. It's, if it's not, if it's not there, if you, I don't know, it's like um, even when you're exercising and you're doing a bicep curl and you kind of turn your head and you look at your bicep, for some reason, there's a bit more connection there. You know, there's a bit more mind mind to muscle connection you know if if you're trying to lose body fat if your mind isn't really fully in it you could do whatever you want it you're not going to get the results it's not going to happen this podcast is brought to you by Clearlight infrared sauna if you want the ultimate biohack then this is it Clearlight infrared sauna has state-of-the-art heating technology to produce optimal wavelengths of 360 degrees infrared heat. Traditional saunas raise the temperature from the air, but infrared saunas raise your temperature from the core. The result is deeper tissue penetration. This is the perfect way to remove toxins. It promotes healing, revitalization, penetrates fat cells, and stimulates metabolism. Clearlight Saunas is energy efficient, costing up to 45p per hour, virtually close to no EMF and low ELF technology. They also use eco-certified wood, so no toxic fumes when heated. You also get a lifetime warranty on a residential sauna. If you'd like to learn more about Clearlight Saunas or pick one up for yourself, then just click the link in the show notes and check it out. You know, this is where you fall off because if you're just trying to follow some rigid plan without really, really understanding, really feeling it, it just doesn't work. So when I'm working with clients, I get them emotionally involved. And once that emotion is involved, then their mind is in it. It's not just logic. You try and look at it logically. It doesn't work. It has to really be a part of them, part of their soul. Um, I think that's it, Roger. It's like a part of their soul. Because it's not even like, it's not even like the momentary emotions that come and go. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it, is it part of who you are? Is it become like what you really most want? And is it yeah. an expression of that? And are you connected to it in that way? Or are you just like, oh, I got to do this thing? 
you know, I got to do this activity and that's the only way it's going to happen. No, it's like, mm -hmm. I love my life. I love myself. I want, I want this for me. Like I want to be greater. I want to be healthy. I want to be present for my family. I want to live long or maybe even I want to be beautiful. I want to have killer abs, like yeah. whatever it is, but like you really, um, it's an expression of, of your soul, of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you say that and it makes me think that sometimes people say to me, what, what keeps you motivated, Roger? And I'm like, <clears throat> I don't have one thing that keeps me motivated. It's like, if, if, if we're gonna use the word mo motivation, it's, it's a multitude of things. I've got like loads of things. So it's not really, it's not superficial. It's loads of things. So it's, it's longevity. It's, it's the fact I do want to look sexy naked as well. I want to look in the mirror and be like, damn, you look great. You know, um, I do like uh, the compliments as well. But I think the main thing is longevity. And I think what also helps is if I use social media and I take topless pics, I am accountable to like loads of other people. So I use loads of dif different things to keep me on track. So if people see it as, okay, I want to lose weight. Um, I hate that term, to be honest with you, lose weight. You want to lose fat. Mm -hmm. Just say, it. I want to lose fat. You don't want to lose weight. You don't want to lose muscle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's like I have to get people to look a bit more emotional into it. Like, why? Why is it so important to you? Like, where does it stem from? You know, maybe they were bullied at school. Okay, let's bring this out. Let's, let's bring this out. Let's really get it root deep and, and just harness it so that when it comes to getting on the journey of losing fat, we can start to we can use this as fuel to keep going, not just, you know, because, it, you know, it, if, if something changes in their life where weight isn't important, then they've forgotten the real essence of why they got started in the first place, you know, because things change in our life. So you need to really find out what the foundation is. Uh, but anyway, might have diverted slightly on that. Um, I don't think so, man. That's the heart. That's the heart of it. We can say it a bunch of different ways, but that intention is the heart of our brand. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. So you being a, an entrepreneur, um, yeah, you being an entrepreneur, um, obviously there's a great importance in running a business effectively um, on a daily basis. And at the same time, you're a family man. So sometimes people find that when they're working and you know they have to take care of a family it's like oh well you know i'm married now i've been married for 10 years uh, i ain't got time to take care of myself that's the reason why i got a belly <laughs> um but you know you manage to keep it all together you know you you got your family you're running a business um how do you how do you prioritize everything and make sure that you uh, incorporate a healthy lifestyle as well. I mean, in just to start off being vulnerable, I've been there. Like I've, I've been that person that, um, well, I haven't been that person, but I, there's been times where I wasn't as focused on as, as I wanted to be and where I let things slip and where I gained fat. Yeah. Um, and actually this last year has been a time where 
you know, I redoubled my efforts and reprioritized specifically health to, to make sure that it was that much more of a focus again, which seems funny. And it seems, I mean, not funny, it seems hypocritical, like someone who has a supplement company or a health company um, falling off, but man, it can happen. It can happen to anyone. So I guess just to emphasize again, it's about, um, man, it's so interesting because I read this in your book and I use the same language. It's about like an upward spiral. Like you will find ourselves on these loops, you know, continually kind of going. And it's like, man, are you going down <laughs> or are you continually going up? Because the pattern, the patterns come back. Um, and, but I'm really proud to say like today, I feel great about the way that I'm, I'm leading my life and, and how I'm able to balance these things. And I, I think the way that I do it, man, is I try to keep things simple and I try to keep everything integrated. And the way I keep things simple are I either need to be um, creating, like really creating something, connecting or recovering. And those are my three C's. Obviously recovering is kind of a, it's a cheat on a C, but I have that frame of my mind all the time. So creating can be something like building the company. Um, it could be literally doing strength training. Like I know I'm, I'm actually building muscle in that activity, or it could be, uh, working on something at the house with my family. If I'm not doing that, I should be connecting. And not just like kind of hanging out, like watching a TV show with, with my wife or something. It's like really connecting, talking to her, talking to my kids, listening to them, playing a game, being deeply engaged. And if I'm not doing that, I should be recovering, truly resting, like actually giving space and time for, the, for my body and my mind to restore what they need. If I'm not doing one of those things, it's, it's not worth my time. And there's so many times in life that I found myself, and I think many people find themselves doing something that's not one of those. Mm. They're mindlessly scrolling through the internet or watching TV or um, half listening, half participating in a conversation with someone. It's like, it's just, I just, I cut that stuff out. I don't do that stuff. And I make sure that I constantly remind myself, and, and it gives me options. It's not like I have to be productive all the time. I literally could just be connecting with someone or I could be really deeply resting. And by having that kind of focus, there's a lot of time in the day, man. There's 16 hours of, of waking time if I sleep my full eight. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, you know, it's figuring out how to make that happen. So, you know, this past year, so many more things have been on Zoom. As, as you found, so this is actually this first time we've been on a live Zoom because whenever we normally talk, I'm like, dude, I got to do a phone call because I want to get my steps in. I want to be walking outside. I want to be, um, I want to be doing something productive for myself. And when I'm just looking at a Zoom thing, it's like I start like right now. I'm standing to make sure I'm at least like you know, working on something in, in yeah. my life. Uh, but you know, I use I use I try to get the most out of every single opportunity. If I'm I can get 20,000 steps a day, literally just taking my phone calls, walking. It's not, it's not hard at all. So I, boom, that's done. Strength training, man, I, I do, you know, three to four, 30 minute to 60 minute workouts a week. I do compound movements. I mean, I do stuff like pull-ups and dips and I mean, I can add weights to them when I do them, but I just, I find ways to, to fit it in, to make it work where I can get a lot done at the same time. And, uh, and I don't make excuses about it. That's so awesome. I don't know. I feel like I kind of wandered in my answer, but that's, that's the way my brain thinks, thinks about it. I feel you, man. I feel you. Um, yeah, I've got a very different approach in the way I explain things at times as well, where it might start off in a completely different area and people might be like, 
what's this guy talking about? I just asked you a direct question and you've just gone off somewhere else. <laughs> and that's me. I'm not even like with you, it seems like pretty straight to the point. But yeah, maybe because I think in a similar way. Um, but that's really cool, man. That is really cool. And I get it. I get it. Sometimes I do question what happens to us as humans where we might have a real strong strategic plan. And then there's moments where there's a slight deviation and we're like, what happened? What, what happened? I know what to do. And somehow I didn't follow the plan. I found myself like like fitness is my life it's everything that i know and i found that the the first part of lockdown i did put on some fat um i found that my my just my eating slightly fell off i had some slight gut dysbiosis and i'm like you know i looked in the mirror and i was like bloated all the time i'm like what's going on what happened what happened and it was then, also stressful. I'm sorry? It was also a very stressful period. Well, you just think about the hormone impacts of... I think that's day. it. I think that, that, that was part of it. The hormone thing, I wouldn't say necessarily stress, but I think definitely a hormone thing as opposed to the amount of light which I should be getting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just maybe not moving as much as well. And with the weather being crap uh, in UK, it was raining quite a lot, so I might not have cycled as much. And, you know, gyms being closed, um, I just wasn't really, I knew what I needed to do, but I just wasn't training as much. And just, just the whole balance just affected me. But, and I think, yeah, when, if you're feeling unhappy about yourself, you kind of do more things, which is going to increase the unhappiness. <laughs> you know, it's weird why people do that. Oh, I'm unhappy, so I'm going to eat some more junk. It's like, dude, that is not going to make you happy. <laughs> but then, you know, it's like we uh, revert back to childhood where parents will be like, oh, this will make you feel good. Eat some. And maybe it was different with your parents, you know. I had junk food as a kid, like bags of sweets and stuff like that. So it's quite interesting how you it might. It was the same thing. It just became overeating. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I could still eat good. You, I mean, it could still be better quality food, but if I eat more food when I'm not hungry, then it's still not good. Yeah. What I quite find quite fascinating, it's a bit of a sidestep from what I'm talking about here, is when you are hungry, like you, you, it's almost like you hit a quota, like, okay, I'm good, I'm full. But for some reason, you could still eat sweets. You know, if, <laughs> if someone hands you a dessert, it's like, are you full? Yeah, oh, man, I'm stuffed. <laughs> Do you know, I've got a cake or I don't know, whatever your treat is. I've got some ice cream. I'm really? But you're full though. No, no, no. Wait, I know I said I'm full, but I'm okay. I can have that. <laughs> it's quite that is the kid. That, that is the kid in us. Just like watching, watching my kids. It's like, it's, man. It's truly fascinating. Yeah. And I'm aware of that as well. Like when I'm eating food, I think if the body tells you you're full, then that's cool. Like you've hit your nutrition quota and that is it. Um, but the moment I have a hint of let's say extra carbohydrates in there or a hint of something sweet, somehow I end up eating more. And it's so interesting. It is really interesting because I can eat a low carb meal and eat less. The moment I put extra on the plate, which is carbohydrates, I can eat that. Then I want more. I'm like, wow. 
I have the same thing, man. But you know, I don't, I don't, it's weird. This might be, I have no idea what this is. It seems more anecdotal than, than scientific. Mm. But what I just found is like, I just save my carbs till the end of the day. Cause I do, man. I like them. Like for me, it's not sustainable not to get to eat pasta. It's just not, it's just not, it's not sustainable, you know? So I just save them to the, I save them to the end of the day. And, um, I don't know, man, if I eat my salad and I eat, you know, I eat my protein first, like I won't overeat as much. But what happens is if I have like a glass of wine, then I want like some dessert. And then if I eat some dessert, then I want more, you know, so it's like, mm. I feel like the, the alcohol, what I found is the alcohol and the alcohol and dessert are like, man, those are slippery for me. So mm. I, I, I can, t- they, they, they belong on the weekend now in like a very, <laughs> specific space (laughs) oh man that's so interesting but yeah like you know when I think about when I'm in a restaurant and I just see how that kind of flows together it just kind of makes sense and um even when you're about to finish like you've eaten your dinner and you think all right I'm done and then you know uh someone comes over with the dessert menu you're like okay okay yeah (laughs) you know um you might just have another glass of wine with it. It just feels right, you know. Which uh, is the benefit, man. That's the real. That's honestly the. I think something I've really learned this last year from eating so much more at home. I mean, just not eating out at all. Mm-hmm. Was wow, the quality of food that we make at home is much better than restaurants. And I just, I take so much better care of myself. You know, if I'm just not having someone trying to market me these additional things to get, you know, bread with your meal or, you know, a glass of wine. It's, it's um, just kind of, again, I think it's, it's all that thing. It's the idea of coming more from the inside. Mm-hmm. So rather than being motivated by external things, which are good, external motivation can be good, particularly if you like design it, like you said, for social media, you actually use your relationship with social media and posting photos of yourself ripped, right. As a way to motivate yourself to keep doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, but it's coming from you. Like you're designing the environment that you want to motivate you to do something well. If I just go to a restaurant, like I'm just going into their world and their world is to get me to buy as much food as possible and drink as much as possible, you know? And it's like, man, I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be in that world, you know, too much. Yeah. 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 And their marketing is fantastic. And I, I, I've learned there's certain types of restaurants. They do things a certain way to keep the customers coming back. You know, as long as you're happy, you will mm-hmm. always come back, right? Mm-hmm. And the, I remember going to, oh, what is this restaurant called? Oh, man. It's an Argentinian restaurant. They've got beautiful steaks. Um, they'll, they'll arrive with this platter of meat next to you raw, and they start talking about the the detail of the meat and you know they'll they'll bring it up to you so you can actually look at it before it's cooked oh man and and they they got they got I don't know like they got the person who's presented it with the the most eloquent language and you're like wow I love the way you say it and because of that and it's not words that you would express you feel more attracted to the food you know like wow I don't know what, what do you suggest you know so much about it well I would suggest this one and okay I'll have it you know, and because of that, whatever they suggest ongoing, you will always buy it, you know, because you feel like 
I trust this person. And then when you check the bill afterwards, you're like, damn, I bought the, bought the most expensive on that. The most I, Another thing which they do is it's really smart. They will tell you certain things which are cheaper. They'll be like, do you know what? I would suggest to get this. This is a bit cheaper and it's really good. And when they do that, it makes you feel as though they're on your side. It's like, oh, you're on my team. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that. And then later, it's easier for you to be kind of manipulated, you know? Yeah. Easier to be convinced. We're like, you know, yeah, you're on my side. Like, what do you suggest? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, get this. Get this. Oh, it's crazy, bro. Anyway. Man, it's, it's in everything, though. I mean, I, the two themes I heard when you just said that were like, one, connection and relationship how motivating that is like just if your waiter just like connects with you right then suddenly you want to do what he or she wants yeah. and that man so it's like choose your playmates well like choose your friends choose your environment well because you will want to do what they want to do and then the second thing is like is the aesthetics right it's like how beautiful something is or how cool it sounds or like it matters man it like you know it's i think that's the best example of like you you're saying like you want to look good naked it's like that's a real motivator, man. Like it's, it's, it's okay. And it's good. I mean, you come from a tradition of bodybuilding where like that looking good is the, is the thing mm. um, where it's like, I come more from traditions that are more about, it's more about longevity and kind of like overall, like well being and fitness. And it's like, I'm like, Oh, don't worry about the superficial, like how you look. And it's like, no man, it matters. Like, you know, it's like if I if I look in the mirror and I feel like I look good and I'm proud of myself and then people tell me I look good, then that's motivating. Like I'm going to keep I'm going to keep going to the gym just like if someone talks about the steak with some fancy word and yeah, like, yeah exactly. it sounds delicious. You know, it's like, man, like lean into it. it. Like beauty matters. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So um, I've been a sponsored athlete with a few different uh, sports supplement brands and man, there's so many different supplement brands out there. You know, it's like friggin' every week there's new ones coming out. I've been to different expos. Um, I don't know if you know of them. Um, you might have heard of like Arnold classic. Mm -hmm. um, there's FIBO, which is in Germany. There's body power, which is in UK. I think there's LA Fit, Fit Expo. There's loads of different expos. And at these different expos, they got like loads of different sports supplement brands, some more than others, especially FIBO in Germany. I think over the few days that they're there, it's like a, a few hundred thousand people that attend. And in the actual expos themselves, there's probably at least a few hundred different supplement brands. Some come and some go, you know, some you know, uh, so remain um, throughout the draft periods and have longevity within their lifespan. You know, some, uh, some of these supplement brands last a long time because they're good. Um, I wanted to ask you, what's your thoughts on Keon? Like, what, what, why do we need another supplement brand? Like, okay, so, so now we have Keon on top of all the other supplement brands, what makes Keon different out of all these other ones, basically, is what I'm saying. I'll ask Not to be like, <laughs> just seem redundant or keep coming back to the same theme over and over again, but I think it really does come back and start with 
with you or with the person who's buying the product. Like, why do you really want this product? Because all these brands, including Keon, are going to try to sell their products to you, right? They're going to they're gonna try to advertise to you. They're going to tell you a story about why that product is better than another product. And that could be because it's it's got some new ingredient or because... Um, because it's got new research came out or because there's certain, some certain person endorsing it, et cetera. It's like, you got to ask yourself, why are you buying the product? What do you want from this? Because um, that's really what's most important. And it's either going to serve you or it's not going to serve you. And as a consumer myself and Ben as well as a consumer himself from the very beginning, we wanted products that, we could really trust and that we could really believe in and where not only the products, but the company as a whole reflected our view and our perspective on life. Mm -hmm. And so that was important to us. So what I would say is like, if you're one of those consumers and now I'll tell you more about like why, what, what did it, like what that perspective on life is more. It's like, if you're one of those, if you're aligned with us in that way and you believe in the same things we believe in, I can promise you that, the level of attention that we pay to all these things is far and above most other supplement brands. And those things that we pay attention to are number one, it really is quality. And you can hear all different types of companies say quality and they'll say things like manufactured in a CGMP facility. Dude, if the product's not manufactured in a CGMP facility, like definitely don't take it. Like that's like the baseline, right? That basically means certified good manufacturing practices. It just means the facility is like following a pretty basic level sort of not basic, but a good quality level certification, meaning that they produce products well and follow rules and clean stuff, et cetera. Right. Mm. So going beyond that, man, like the way that we look all these, all these supplement companies don't manufacture their own products. There's contract manufacturers that everyone works with, which is very common. It's like Apple doesn't make their computers, right? Apple designs their computers and then they have another company in China that makes it. Yeah. So the degree of attention that we put into interviewing and creating alignment with and auditing the physical facilities of the manufacturing partners we work with is far and above and beyond any other brand our size. We invest so much money up front to make sure that the partners that we're working with are 100% aligned with us, that they're absolutely the best manufacturers in the entire United States, and, um, and that there's just, there's just no sacrifice on quality. And so for that, we pay an extra, we pay a premium. We could totally go to a cheaper manufacturer that hits the certification, that does all that stuff, but like, dude, all they're trying to do is just make money, get one more client. Like we, we seek the deeper relationship with the manufacturer to create alignment. And, and then it goes all the way back to the ingredients. So the raw ingredients that go into any supplement, you can get, so our hero product is essential amino acids. Man, I cannot tell you how, again, you think there's a lot of amino acid, probably companies and products. There's that many uh, actual raw ingredient providers as well. And there's all different quality around them. So spending the time and actually being willing to and that committed to go to the nth degree to find the absolute highest quality, cleanest, like raw amino acids that are going to go into the formula and the flavors. And um, if there's any kind of stabilizing agent in it, like that, that attention to detail takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. And many business people, which I, I totally understand, 
they 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 are not they are not willing to prioritize that investment because mm, mm. it takes money and because they don't care as much about it like it might just be like man i'm happy to take you know whatever creatine you know just all i care is that it's creatine there's science around creatine that's good enough for me man what's the best creatine like are you the guy that cares what the absolute best raw creatine is and if you are then you'll end up with creapure and you'll know like that that is it man it's it's the one made in germany it you don't have to do preloading with it like it it just beats all the rest mm. um and the decision to go to that nth degree is is something that like i'm not going to put the product in my body unless it does that same thing with ben like we we are going to push to to the to the furthest levels to make sure that the quality of the ingredients hit that and then when it comes to formulations it's the same thing man like there's tons of science out there i could legitimize so many different formulations the time it takes to actually review the literature to actually then formulate and test those products to take them to try them to see how they impact you to impact other people around you to actually like really invest that time again man it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of money it's not you know launching 20 new supplements this quarter like it's just it <laughs> takes more time it's slower it's a it's a longer cycle game you know i would say that in the same way that we perceive health in terms of performance today it's also longevity it's also health span like are we building a company that will last that won't be one of those ones that just pops and goes are we building a company that doesn't it doesn't have an issue or a problem with the product like maybe some other companies do because they don't spend as much time on on the front end on quality mm. and then man it extends and then it extends directly into the actual company culture in um like do we actually have real does your does your the company that you're buying the supplements from do they actually really have core values or are core values just something that they write on their website do they have a purpose and a mission that their team speaks about every single week do they give each other feedback on their core values do they have like a distinct vision that everyone's aligned around for the next three years or are they just kind of hustling to try to like, you know, get the products done, hire someone to do this, make more money, you know, like get they, I'm sure they all love the products. I don't think people are getting into the sports supplement business for just money. I'm sure that they like fitness, they like working out, but to what degree do they, are they really committed? Are they really committed to building a company that will endure, that will last a long time and where the people that work for the company and the owners and founders of the company and all the stakeholders are actually aligned with the mission and the purpose and that keep um, that like, you know, it comes back to this idea of key. You know, when we talk about key mm. and we talk about energy and we talk about life force at the heart of that is like living a life of purpose. And it's, it's living a life that is, that moves from that space, that moves from that energy and not from, whatever's cool and exciting today or that's reactive or, you know, short lived, um, benefits. It's like, it's really doing something meaningful with one's life. And so mm. that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> I know that's why Ben's doing it. That's why the people that work for us do it. And I believe that's why our customers, I think, I think our, that's why our customers, um, continue to buy our products, man. And, and they love it. You know, I, I just got feedback from another one of our, uh, ambassadors like yourself this week who got a direct message from a woman who had been referred uh, by her to to our products and they were raving about our CS agent uh, Matt and how Matt had not just tried to 
seller of this product, but had helped her find these two articles, had really talked her through like what was the right supplement and trying to understand her current health situation and, and what she could educate herself about first. Like, man, like Matt cares. Like Matt literally cares about that customer and that customer like getting to live that active life, getting, getting to, getting to live that, that fulfilling life. So, um, so I got all jazzed up, man, but like, it's, it's like, that's why. Tremendous. Wow. That was, that was beautifully put seriously. Um, Wow. So, you know, during, during your time putting together Keon, I'm sure you came across ingredients where you thought, okay, that's not going to be in line with what we are trying to produce. Um, what, what type of stuff can you find in, in other type of brands that people are not aware of? Because people might just think, okay, yours is more expensive than this. I'm going to go for this one you know, maybe a typical commercial brand. What, what type of things are people not aware of that can be in some of the supplements which they are buying? So I want to be careful with this answer because I don't, I don't want to, overall, I'm very supportive of the supplement industry. I think yeah. it's overall super net positive for, for health, for the world. And I don't want to go into like fear mongering or scaring people about other products. No, just from your findings. Uh, yeah. And, um, and I mean, I think some of the, the main things to look out for are some companies will advertise an ingredient, but the ingredient will be at such a low dosage that it really doesn't matter. Right. And in the industry, we call that fairy dusting. But that's the kind of thing where you think you're buying something, but there's actually a perfect example would be um, omega-3s. So if you check out Keon Omega and you see the proportion of omega-3 fatty acids actually relative to the total amount of fat in the capsule and the total amount of oil, you'll see that it's, it's a ridiculously high proportion to if you compare that to other brands. So if you just see like two capsules, you'd be like, oh, this capsule and this capsule, like they must be the same. No, they're not. Ours doesn't have a bunch of just other oils in it, it actually has the majority is the fish oil itself, of course, at the highest purity, etc. Um, another thing would be just that too. It's like you think you're getting a capsule, but the dosage is way lower. So there's all types of ways that you can um, change pricing models, which I won't say that we won't do as well. It's like we try to price products in such a way that people will choose to buy it because we know that it's good for them. But some people can go really out of their way to make something look affordable but it has very little of even the most active ingredient in it. Mm. And so if there's little of the active ingredient in it, what's all the other stuff in it? And I, I can't give you like a simple answer to that, but it really, it really depends. I mean, so for example, with omegas, it could just be like other general fish oils. It could be other types of filler oils though, as well. It could be there's filler oils. Well, what's a filler oil? Um, so, uh, I mean, like a vegetable oil, you could have more of a vegetable oil. I mean, basically, and again, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to totally diss vegetable oils entirely because in very small amounts and at the highest quality cold press, et cetera, they're okay. So for example, we actually, we, we choose not to use, um, mixed tocopherols as the stabilizing preservative in our omega three fish oil. 
because the supply chain on that is very, it's challenging to navigate and you can end up with like GMO, um, GMO based oils in it. And so instead we chose to use rosemary extract and astaxanthin as the preservative uh, agents within the omega-3. It makes it so it like it stabilizes and tastes good. And I literally give my omega-3s to my kids and they chew them. They're like, they really taste that good. Oh, wow. Okay. They do not taste gross at all. <laughs> um, so they're super stable. But to stabilize the rosemary extract, we use a very, very small amount. I'm, talk I'm talking it's like 0.0001% of organic sunflower seed oil that's used as the stable. That's like the stabilizing carrier that the rosemary extract is in. That is okay. Like that's, I'm, I'm proud to have that product. I'm proud to take it. It's super clean. It's, it's the highest quality, cleanest fish oil that we could make. And I researched this for years to make mm. it. Um, but you could have another one that has, they could also say, I don't know, there's an organic sunflower seed oil, but it's like a lot. It's tons of it. And it's not even, it's not even fish oil. You know what I mean? Wow. So, um, yeah, and say, I mean, there's all kinds of other fillers that you can have, whether and it's a, whether it's a powder or a capsule. Um, I've I've heard about fillers quite a lot, especially with um, weight gaining supplements. You got the whey protein, and then you got like gainers. And gainers, they have lots of fillers and all these garbage, sugary stuff. Um, but what I want to know about is you hear stuff like heavy metals being in some supplements as well. And, That's a great um, question. Yeah. So how is that even legal? You know, how, how does that end up in the supplements? Where, where is it being sourced for that to happen? Um, how much of it is allowed in there? I don't know if you know. Yeah. Yeah. So the heavy metal thing is just to, to clear up. It's not like, it's not like these manufacturers or these brands are pouring heavy metals into the product. Right. Yeah. What happens is it really comes down to cheap ingredients. If you use really cheap ingredients, you are likely going to have more heavy metals in it. That said, also there are certain types of plants, botanical ingredients that when grown just in soil or in certain parts of the world, they tend, they, they naturally tend to have metals in them. Um, overall though, if you choose the highest quality ingredients, you choose organic, you choose non GMO, you pick those ingredients that are of the highest quality, they will not have them in them or they will have much, 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 much less. So even, you know, even something like chocolate overall has a higher proportion of lead in it than you would imagine. That right. Said, the cheaper the chocolate you buy, the more, the more of an issue that's going to be. And so um, really the reason why certain products will have a lot of heavy metals in them is because the brands are choosing to use cheaper ingredients that, are, that come out of worse soil in worse places with worse conditions where there's just a lot more toxicity exposed to the plants or the animals themselves. It can also sometimes come out of the actual processing of the ingredients, but basically it's cheap ingredients. And, you know, you got to assume, um, I don't know, man, you know, you, you can't, you do get what you pay for. Now there can be more value based brands like where it's not exorbitant, the cost that you pay, but 
every company out there, every ethical company out there is, is paying a certain amount for the raw ingredients or paying a certain amount for the manufacturing. And then they're paying for the marketing and they're paying for a team and they're, they're, they're paying to build this company to then get it in front of a customer and have them buy it. And if the product is half the cost of Keon and they've been around a while, the, the savings got to, the savings are in the ingredients. It's in the quality of the ingredients. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause they, ha- yeah. they have market share, they have marketing. I mean, it, it could be like there's marketing issue that could be that there's savings in marketing, but man, it's, um, you just, I, I could make a product for half the cost. Yeah. I would not take it. <laughs> <laughs> I would not give it to my kids. You know, if, if somebody was trying to pick a brand they come across yours and they're like, okay, seems really good. How, how can a person compare and know that Keon is better than another brand that this, everyone, you know, as you said, is saying, yeah, you know, we, uh, we follow this regulation or whatever it was and our quality, uh, you know, our quality is good. How can a person know? Is there a kind of home testing which they can do, or is there something to look out for uh, on the website or, on the labeling to know, all right, these boxes are ticked. I know this is quality. That's a great question. I think, I think the number one thing that you can do as a consumer is to read the labels in detail and understand what's on the label. If you don't know what something is, you can Google it. You know, it's like there could be, uh, there's an additive, <clears throat> something that's common, sunflower lecithin. If you see that, you're like, what is that? Is that a bad thing? Is that an extra thing? Uh, in very small doses, it's not a bad thing. It's an emulsifier. It makes it to where the stuff doesn't stick and to where it can mix more easily. Like it, it, it's, it's a fine ingredient. If it's the last thing on the label, it's, you don't need to be like crazy concerned about that. Um, on the other hand, if you see, for example, I mean, again, if you see um, tons of excipients, so excipients or flow agents are products that are added to a supplement to make it run better through the machine mm-hmm. or to get it to fit better into the capsule, et cetera. If you see like a, t- if you see basically a, like other ingredients and there's like five of them, like why are there five, like why are there five of them? You know, like you should see, <laughs> look for like two or, you know, two or less. Um, mm. I think, um, you know, other things you can do is like go to their website, research them. Like don't, don't just, trust what someone else says, but like, you know, what is what on their website? How do they represent themselves? Do they give a lot of good information on the actual like product page about what's in it and why do they, um, do they have a detailed story about their company and where they came from? And also like who recommended them to you? Cause I think that there, there is a way in which trust is a real thing. And that, that has a big part about, you know, why, or Ben himself wanted to start a brand is that he was the guy, he was a guy who has researched and tried so many products. I mean, that dude has tried more protein powders than, you know, anyone. anyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and so in that people trust him, right? I mean, people trust him because they know he's tried and they know he's researched. So I think it's looking for people that have dedicated their life to this. And you know, what do they endorse? I mean, that's why I'm, I'm really proud, Roger, that you, that you take our aminos and that you 
that, you know, that you're, you're part of our family in that way, because you're one of those guys, right? I mean, you've dedicated 30 years of your life to this and, um, it's, uh, those types of, I think, community resources are really important and valuable as well. Again, though, I, I would advocate for like following legit people and I'm putting you in that bucket. There's plenty of people who can maybe like popped up, you know, more recently. And um, if you're taking advice from someone, from a Roger Snipes, from a Ben Greenfield, like make sure that um, you really look into who they are as a person as well. So in terms of like home testing, I mean, you could do all that stuff, but if you're looking for like to be on a budget and you're trying to save money and you're just trying to like choose the right product. I think it's educate yourself about ingredients, read the label and really consider who's recommending the product to you. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Checking out ingredients that might be a bit difficult. Different. Well, it's easy to find out. I guess you could Google it. I'm just thinking most people it's like, okay, I just want to know which one's good, which one isn't, you know, it's, they're probably not going to look at all the ingredients. Um, but I think a shortcut way is to know who are the people to represent, who represents the brand. Um, but yeah, to go in a bit more detail, what you say, look in the ingredients. There's many ingredients, which is in some brands is unreal. Many you can't pronounce. But what I wanted to ask before I, there's one more question I have, but what I wanted to ask is, how do you know if certain ingredients are only a small amount? Because you mentioned the sunflower lecithin. Mm -hmm. How yeah. do you know if it's only, you know, a small amount or a large amount? If they just put it on, you know, they don't write a measurement on there. It just says mm -hmm. we've added this ingredient. How the order know? of the ingredients, whether it's, just, whether it's an ingredient label, like on a nutrition product or on a supplement uh, product, it'll say other ingredients, the order in which they're listed is the order in which the doses are, are, it's in the, it's like in the order of the doses uh, so the top ingredient. There's more of that. And that's a general rule throughout. Oh, yeah. okay. It's a requirement. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, then, and then also you can always ask a brand. Yeah. How do you know if they're being truthful about that? If they say, oh yeah, we only use 0 0.0002, whatever. Um, how do you know if it's true? How, would, do they have to give you the right answer on that? Uh, well, no, I mean, they don't have to. I mean, I think if they were to like, <laughs> people can always lie, but I mean, God, that just freaked me out when you even just said that. I was like, God, would people do that? People would like, <laughs> it's like, I know, I know. I mean, I, I think, I think of good, I think of good natured people yeah. running companies, right? And any companies that have enough traction, I mean, the people running it could have, I just don't think that people are that ill-intentioned. They just don't care as much. I, th I think the bigger issue with people running companies and with the products themselves is not that someone's trying to do something bad. It's that they just don't care enough. And so the sense that someone would actually try to like lie to you about what's in it, I think that could always be the case, but that, that's just like a hard, I think that's a hard thing to, to work, to, to try to figure out. I mean, people could always lie to you about anything all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't say that like that's, if, you go, if you're buying from reputable companies, 
you know, even like main mainstream companies, you know, I think um, I wouldn't be afraid they're going to lie to you. What I think would just be is they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you off the bat what's in it. And they're going to make choices about it because they, I don't know, man, that CEO probably doesn't put it in his body or her body. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he or she probably doesn't give it to their kids every day. And Mm. so then it's like, well, you know, it's just a product someone's buying. It's not like this thing that really matters to me in my life. Yeah. I get that. Did I help you? Was this helpful for you and your audience to know how to you know yeah i think that's i think that's good companies Mm, yeah 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 that's something to work with because i think a lot of the time people like for instance when i was younger and i used to go into a a gnc store uh it's like okay which one has the brightest colors yeah maybe it's that one you know so at least people can uh, make a bit more informed decisions when they're searching for a product, you know? I think that was really good. That was really good. Um, lastly, what's the plans for Keon in the future? What, you know, where do you see Keon going? Man, um, it's what we're doing now, but like exponential. I mean, that's really, that's really the hope and the vision. You know, we, um, the way you know, I talked before about like, does a company actually live by its values? Does it yeah. live by its purpose? Does it live by its mission? We have a very clearly stated purpose and our purpose is like our North star. Like that is, it's not something to achieve. It's something that like what motivates us every day. It's our why. Mm-hmm. And that is to give people, support people and having the energy to live active, joyful lives. And so like that, I'm just, we just envision that. Like we literally visualize more and more people um, feeling and looking alert, you know, being able to be present with their families, being able to like work out at the gym more regularly, being able to go on hikes, being able to um, play sports with friends, like be able to live this like full active athletic life. And our, our mission is very clearly stated as 1 million loyal followers. We define that as people that like don't just buy our products once, but they continue to buy our products. Yeah. And so that's what we're focused on. It's like, we want to be able to impact a million people and, um, and that's it, man. And so the okay. ways that we do that are through continuing to, to um, educate people around why the products we make right now will, will help them and serve them. And it's continuing to develop new products. So we'll have a bunch of, um, We'll have not a bunch, but several new products in the next two to three years. Um, more coming this year. We'll have two new products this year. And they all tackle different angles of how to enhance one's key and one's energy. Okay. So, um, yeah, man, just trying to, to really support our current customers and find new ones that, that share our vision for this life. Mm-hmm. and to um, just have the best the best life possible that's awesome man that was brilliant that's fantastic that's fantastic enhancing people's lives is tremendous thank you so much thank you roger and i'm stoked i'm glad i'm glad we got to do this man i me too really am really am love your energy love your passion your passion it's uh it's infectious really is and i don't i don't know 
everyone knows about Ben, but I don't, I don't know. Like maybe there's loads of people who know about you, but I'm, I'm glad that people, more people will get to know about you as well. You know, the other side to Keon. So thank Thanks, you man. very much. And where can people find you? I mean, really, I would just direct everyone to getkion.com. Okay. G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com. Forward slash Roger Snipes. I would say forward slash Roger Snipes and use Roger 20. <laughs> I mean, seriously, use Roger 20. And dude, man, I am like, I'm so um, honored that like that you work with us. There are, there are so many people in the health and fitness world. And the moment that we had our first call and because I mean, I saw your Instagram like, man dude's awesome like thank you man like what a what an inspirational figure but when i actually could like hear you talk and hear the way that you thought about life and how passionate you were and the level of integrity that you have i'm just uh i'm honored that you you're in this with us man so thank you thank you no it's uh it's great it's great being a part of the family as you put it um it's a uh, it's fantastic you know it's it, it it it's in line with where i see things as well so it, i think it was just a natural synergy in all fairness so it's a beautiful thing thank you so uh keon get keon.com and uh so you guys are on instagram um on facebook as well yeah we're on facebook as well on we're facebook. on all the yeah. platforms Tremendous, tremendous. Once again, Angelo, it's been an absolutely fantastic chat with you. Um, have a blessed day, my friend. And we will, too, man. we will talk soon. All right. Peace, Roger. God bless. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.